Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you finna do? Think I'll try to get on into Start right, good line, good view, it drew. Shoot him, McGavin, two thumbs that's up high and two fingers pointed. The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Sometimes these part three look like an island. I punch and keep it on dry land. At least I'm a try man. I'm up with the five and might use the trap man. I got a chat man. Last thing will boss be rated that best man. And we're that ball. We're back with Ryan Gregnell. Repeat guest on here on On the Screws podcast. Uh, Ryan, we chatted a little while ago, um, shortly after you finished the uh, Canadian Championships, I guess, right? So. I think it was. So um, yeah. any of our new uh, listeners who maybe didn't tune into that one, can you give us an idea who you are? Um, obviously, you're you're fresh off the PLDA championships, so we can hop yeah. right into it. Yeah. So uh, basically, long drive-wise, I live in Kitchener. I play at a golf country club. Um, play to around, a, I think I was down to a 4.2 this year index. Um, not really great, but played a lot. Had a lot of fun. So long, um, long drivers can golf. I like it. Yeah, like here and there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, depending how much focus you put on it versus how much focus you put on long drive. Cause they are drastically different things for sure. Um, so yeah, played a lot of golf beginning of the year. Cause we were unsure of what was going to happen with the season. Uh, kick it back for long drive. I started that in 2008, um, made worlds every year until 14, I believe took a few years off personal reasons, came back in 19, uh, 2019, I ended up having my best year, went and made the top 16. Um, then the following year, COVID hit, uh, late spring or late fall, sorry, I guess Labor Day weekend, essentially, we had the Canadian Championships in 2020, and I won that. Uh, and then we weren't sure again what was going to happen this year. Um, then the PLDA, the new kind of players, uh, professional league that was developed because during 2020 COVID the golf channel shut us down, uh, put us up on the sale block essentially. Um, so the PLDA was formed by the players for the players. Uh, it's an organization run, um, essentially by a a handful of players, uh, and organizers that are involved with the sport, trying to grow the sport and everything like that. So yeah, they announced that they were going to do world championship. Um, we kind of figured that it wasn't going to be, you know, possible for everybody to make it um, with COVID restrictions and stuff like that. But they announced it early enough out that some people were, you know, figured out a way to get there. Uh, there was a strong Asian contingent that came, a few of us from Canada, um, a fellow from Germany. I think there was 11 or 12 countries represented total. Um, and so uh, 130 players total, I think, 80 in the open division um which was where i competed then there was a senior division and a women's division and then yeah we held that two weeks ago now nice yeah so this is we're going to try and pop this out uh we're having a chat on uh thursday night here so which is the 14th we're going to try and pop it out uh, tomorrow so it is pretty fresh um yeah and i can say like from the fan experience so you know i'm in my mid-30s now been around the game a long time so I was lucky enough as a Canadian to see Jason Zubak. So we were talking about Jason Zubak and just like yeah. how polarizing he was in the, like in the long drive world. And, you know, we talked about the Christmas day, like it pl- yeah. played on TSN <laughs> and whatnot. So 
this was the most excited I've been. And it's probably as, you know, a fan of yours, like you and I have built up a friendship over yeah. the last little while. So I'm, you know, kind of following you and Sarah did a great job. Sarah is uh, Ryan's fiance, did a great job kind of posting for all of your fans to, uh, to be able to follow along, but also they had a live stream this year, which was really cool. In today's world, that's something that a lot of us are looking for is a way that we can just pop onto YouTube, watch for a few minutes, you know, go pick up our groceries, whatever it is, come back, throw the YouTube back on. So I know they had talked about a couple things already for next year, kind of working out some things with the, yeah. you know, TrackMan, Shot Tracers, uh, a couple other things. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Maybe you can uh, give us an idea of what some of those things might be. But um, you want to talk right about the event? You want to get right into it? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Can you, like, I, I kind of wanted to go into like the, <laughs> the qualifying. So assuming we don't know how you qualified, if you could let us know kind of how that process works, maybe, sure. maybe your prep, you know, the build up to the event, we got to talk about Bryson and, uh, yeah. <laughs> un unfortunately the injury. So maybe, yeah. uh, maybe take it away, Ryan, just give us the, give us the, uh, yeah. the whole background. So initially what the PL, we'll start with qualifying. So initially what the PLDA was trying to do was host qualifying events throughout the year um, in different locations from like a grassroots level. Okay. Um, what they had a hard time doing was in a short amount of time, finding enough organizers that would essentially fill a field because um, they wanted to have, I believe it was 128 people in the beginning to fill the field, to have enough people there and kind of make it run that way. They even tried to... Uh, purposely go the online route and use about golf simulators and do qualifying with the about golf simulator program. Um, they just, I think they didn't find enough people that were kind of willing to try that out or right. in some States it was available. Other States, it wasn't the uh, simulators had to be uploaded to the, their cloud type of thing for everything to match up. So I believe there were a few people that qualified for the regional. So they're trying to do a local, a regional, and then from the regional, you qualify for world. So a three tier process. Um, so what they ended up doing at tour events was two days or a day before the tour event, they would run qualifying. So they'd qualify X amount of people in, and then so many people from that would move to the next step. And then they would take, I believe it was two or four um, hitters from each one of those would then qualify for worlds. Okay. Uh, which, which was very similar to what world long drive did uh, when golf channel owned it, they would basically have events prior to tour events. And so it would kind of be a two for one stop for a lot of guys. They would try and get in their qualifying and then they'd participate in a tour event. Uh, me, I had an exemption through my finish in 2019. So they offered out basically exemptions to the top 25 ranked hitters plus anyone else who made the top 16. Uh, so I think I was ranked 20 or 39th on the rankings by the time the end of the year was done that year. Um, and so I was one of the 25 that ended up being 27 um, people who got exempt through finishing or finishes a previous year. Other exemptions were, you know, top eight finishes, you know, the year before that um, winners for five years prior. Um, and I, I think that was it. There wasn't a huge exemption. And then Partway through this process, they they kind of was like, hey, we got to expand the field. An announcement was made. A certain individual that we'll get to was then, you know, said to be coming. Um, he announced he was to be coming. So then they're like, okay, we have to open this up. We have to, you know, set a deadline, all this. And so they ended up making it a buy-in uh, for, you know, a few other people. So there were some qualified people 
And then some people chose to buy in to fill. They only wanted to do 64 spots in the beginning. Okay. Um, they ended up stretching that to 80 because they had so many people that wanted to get in. Uh, and actually, I found out that the 80th person in ended up finishing third. Hey. So Bryce, Bryce for Plank in his very first event uh, ended up being the last person on board to get in because someone couldn't make it or something. It was basically the last, very last spot. And the guy ended up coming up from Texas by himself, finishing third place kind of drivers built that day. That's, that's, that's a pretty incredible feed. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's, that's, that's where it's, it's wild. Cause you just, you never know who's going to show up and you never know. Like you always hear the stories, right? Like, Oh, my buddy's really long, blah, blah, blah. But like, sometimes they really are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sometimes that's just a true fact. And they show up and they find the center of the face. A lot of them, you know, they're good golfers. So they have good golf swings. So now it's just putting a little more heat on that golf swing. And I guess, you know, he he explained to uh, someone else on a live stream or I can't remember where I heard it. But he's like, yeah, they put me on track, man. Just told me to swing as hard as I could. And he's like, I swung 147. And I'm like, well, I'm, that's, that's really good. Like for not really knowing what yeah. you're doing, swinging as hard as you can. Um, so yeah, that's. That was the qualifying process. Um, now, can we the, talk about can we can we talk about your prep a little bit? I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, but there's still more no, to qualifying, sure. but you know, a lot of the the viewers or listeners here, um, whether you're watching it on OTS Golf or uh, on the Screws Podcast over on YouTube, if you are, please subscribe. I appreciate it. Um, but if you're kind of listening into it in your car on Spotify, a lot of you know what goes through my mind is how would you kind of prepare for an event like this? Because, like you said. I hear how a lot of the qualifications go and it sounds a lot like golf. Like it does, like you win, you know, it's not like if you win the the masters and you play in it the rest of your life, but if you win like a PGA tour (laughs) event, you get a couple years of exemption, right? Like it's, it sounds to have a similar structure in that, in that, like that type. But, um, you know, you were the, I think you had finished, you finished top 16 in 2019, right? So you knew that you were going to be in this event. And, uh, so how did you kind of gear up? How'd you get ready? I know you have like a powerlifting background and stuff like that. So you'd be used to competing in events. Just kind of curious how you, uh, how you approached it. Yeah. So it was, it was a little different this year. Um, I picked up a lot of speed in the off season. So the one thing that I can say is personally and everybody's different because everybody's neurological system is different and they recover differently so when i was swinging at 142 143 like i was in 219 um i recovered a lot faster now i picked up this extra speed over the winter and again we went into covid and then you know we weren't sure what was happening with the long drive season so i was just playing golf and having fun and whatever right Friday night, nine and dines and, you know, Saturday morning beers and whatever on the course. Like it was just, we were having a good time. Of course. Um, So then uh, August long weekend, we had our club championship. And I said, after that, I'm like, I'm full bore. You know, this next eight weeks is basically going to be my peaking. Like we would do for a powerlifting meet or something, you know, similar to an event where you ramp everything up to peak at a certain time. Uh, so at week five, we actually had the Canadian long drive championships where I ended up coming in second and my good friend, Jeff Gavin, uh, who ended up winning the senior division at worlds, right? So nothing to be ashamed of there. Jeff's a great hitter. He's been around forever at 53 years old. He's still one of the fastest in the country. Um, so as for prep, basically I started out, okay, we're going to go hit 30 balls. Okay. Next, next session, which would be two days later after I felt recovered, 
would hit 60 balls, kind of ramp it up till I was about 120 drivers as hard as I could uh, without losing speed. Um, the biggest thing I've taught myself is once you start to slow down, you're not doing your body any good. Right. Then, you know, your rhythm is going to fall off. Your timing is going to fall off. You're going to get frustrated. You're gonna, I always practice purposely on a track man or a GC quad. Um, I'm very competitive within myself. I had someone ask me today, they're like, how have you gotten faster as you've gotten older? And I just said, well, the technology is now available to me that it wasn't when I was younger. Um, so now every time I hit a ball, I see a number. Yeah. So yeah, you can exactly. So you can tell if it's getting better or, you know, you might feel like you're having a great day, but you're not seeing the results or vice versa. Right. Like it's exactly as you mentioned this, I I don't mean to add this quote in, but I saw something on IG today and Dustin Johnson made a quote about, uh, somebody asked him like about being on the driving range and stuff like that. And I guess he left early today and he said, Oh, sometimes when I get bored, I just leave, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, And, and I walked out of like, you know, speed days, I've literally just been like, nope, not there today and walked out. Yeah. Because, you know, you can grind, you can push. And if I was younger, maybe. Like I, I always, I, I kind of joke, I was the oldest guy in the top 16 this year. Um, but I, you know, I don't recover as I used to. So of course, of course. That, that's just something that goes with the territory. And with this newer, this newer speed coming later in life, it takes a longer time for me to recover. So are you using uh, like, are you using like the speed stack or anything? Like are you using any like devices? No, that, no? I, I threw in a few speed days here and there, Okay. but I found for me personally, I'm probably going to do a little more over the winter. Um, Cause now with what ended up happening, we might have a really good season next year. Um, but I think for me, the best thing for me is just hitting balls and repeatedly hitting balls. That's what I found the stuff in between I mean, we'll talk about injury and stuff like that and what's going to come with that. Um, but, you know, for me, maybe once every two weeks, because you you have to be neurologically prepared for that day. That's right. what I've always found with speed sticks is you're pushing your body up and above a percentage that it's not used to going. And so, and I mean, this is, again, I, I get very Bryson with things when it comes to how my body works and how I recover and how our neurosystem works and how it recovers, uh, which we don't know. I can just, I feel. Right. So you're putting your body when I'm swinging a super speed stick, say the lightest one uh, on my little red machine thing, I'll swing it up to 170 miles an hour where my golf club is roughly 150 miles an hour. So if you want to take that percentage difference to how much faster my body then has to move, the recovery from that is a lot more, which is why speed stick sessions are generally really short. Like they're only 30 swings tops. Right. Okay. Um, and so usually both sides and all that stuff. You did a really, really good job at explaining this before, kind of like to, you know, somebody who might just be kind of getting interest introduced into long drive or interested in it. So in our last episode, I'll, I'll link it in the description below. Um, go over and have a listen, especially if you're if you're enjoying this episode with Ryan here, because y- you did. Uh, well, we got new software now, so I think this right. this quality is going to be a little bit better than the old stuff. But uh, <laughs> but um, you did a great job. I remember getting off the call and thinking, like, even just how much as like a seasoned golfer that I know how much I learned about the game. So <laughs> maybe we can get into the event. Um, it was obviously for, you know, some reasons kind of maybe the biggest event of your life or, or, um, you know, long drive in, in general, like I know we talked back with the Remax long drive, Jason Zubak and, and kind of, so it brought that hype that we haven't seen in a long time. So, um, 
how was the event for you? Can we uh, can we get into it? Because I got a total clickbait thumbnail here with the battling Bryson <laughs> here. So so I got to make sure this Absolutely. doesn't. I got to make sure this doesn't get pulled down from YouTube. You know, we got to talk about it a little bit. So how was how was the event? Uh, what was it like meeting Bryson? You know, it's always got to be cool to go and and you know connect with guys like Martin. Like he looks like such a character, and uh, yeah. and Tyga, and uh, yeah, you know Kyle Berkshire, of course. Like very yeah. very dis- different personalities there, but. What was uh what was it like for you and you went down with Sarah for the weekend so or the week so so how yeah. was the event in in general let's uh let's hear about it yeah so unlike unlike Golf Channel ran events this was very raw um, right you know you were there and you were there to hit and you knew when you were gonna hit everything was organized very very well the PLDA did an extremely good job of keeping you up to date and knowing when you were gonna go and everything like that was great the raw feeling was more of when the golf channel was involved, there was a lot of politics with TV commercial, blah, blah, blah. This was just like, you're up, let's go. You know, it's time to, time to hit it. And having the, the YouTube live the entire time was absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, people can go back and watch basically every round I hit in it's now on the prolonged drivers, YouTube, every round, anyone hit in anyone that you're a fan of literally is on their YouTube from now until they pull it down, which I don't think ever will. Um, so how, how was it Ryan for um, you personally with your friends and your fans and uh, you know, family, everybody that wanted to connect with you, did you like that experience maybe more than you liked the televised version of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's for me, it was awesome because I could focus on what I was doing even more so because everybody could watch because of what the PLDA did. Right. They understood the qualifying, how many rounds, how many balls, the time limits, you know, all that stuff. Obviously there's some kinks that, you know, we're going to talk about and that hopefully can be figured out for next year. That'll make the experience even better. But for their first go around, you know, I think they did an amazing job, which then made me feel like it was a lot more fun. You know, I, I had a great time. The fans, I mean, we got to talk about Bryson, obviously, like he, he brought the people to long drive. Let's just, you know, even with the golf channel, what they were trying to do and what they accomplished, they never charged anyone any money. This was the first time long drive charged a $10 gate fee and people literally had no problem paying it whatsoever. Yeah. Like I, I had a couple, like they, they kind of scanned the crowd. They actually posted something on IG today, like a throwback, yeah. uh, throwback Thursday with like a sold out crowd, which was amazing yeah. to see because that's how I remember kind of seeing it back in the day and they'd pan to the crowd and it looked like being at like a, you know, wrestling event or something yeah. like that. Right. Which was, you know, kind of the vibe that I feel like it'd be so good to hit in that experience. But you also said that there was like a couple tough, you know, components of that too. Right. With it, with, people swinging, yeah. cheering. And, and it's like, I compare it to, you know, like you, you, I saw you and Sarah went to a baseball game. So like, you know, okay, let's say somebody comes up and they hit a pop fly. 90% of the fans in the building think it's going out when it's like, you know, it's 200 feet. Right. So right. it's, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. You, <laughs> so like, it doesn't matter if somebody hits it 315 or if somebody rips it OB, like they're still cheering. Right. So oh, yeah. with your, with our last discussion, you talked about kind of, you know, being frozen and the lights kind of kicking on after yeah. the commercials. So what was the, what was the difference for you personally on the T block? I think now on the T block, you know, we, the crowd was more engaged. I think that's what the big thing was. It was either the players were more engaging. So a lot of big personalities like Bryson just coming from the Ryder cup, you know, we've seen him on the first tee at the Ryder cup, you know, pull the driver out, hold it up. 
essentially he was like, that was Bryson. That that's yeah. who he is. That was him on the tee box. Uh, I got lucky enough to be on it with him. I think we were in the same group twice. Um, Man, I was listening the, to the uh, the full send podcast with uh, with Nelk Boys, and he was uh, yeah he was saying like because he on the first tee on the final day of the Ryder Cup he drove the green and then yep. takes, takes his putter and walks off like it's like uh, <laughs> I don't know like like Thor's hammer or something right so <laughs> yeah. he talked about how that was like such a cool experience and I like that part about Bryson like I know a lot of people say okay like Bryson's like weird or unique or whatever but right. like that's the part that i love to embrace about bryson is because like we don't see that from other people yeah. mind you like uh he had a 417 yard drive in yeah. in, in the Ryder cup so yeah yeah i i just i'm kind of curious how that sort of translated to the event for you yeah he i mean that part of bryson that you see with the putter and that that's who I think he really is. That that's my personally like hey, from the, he did say it right. He he said it. He said like yeah. At one point he said I had more fun here than I did at the right. He and then immediately kind of <laughs> didn't even finish the Ryder Cup. He kind of walked it back. Really smart yeah. guy. So he understood what he was saying. But we heard him say that he enjoyed the long drive <laughs> event more, and that is totally Bryson. Like you can tell, that's like he's in his wheelhouse there. Right? Well, so, and, and you know, he was—I don't want to say like a kid in candy store, but that was his. You know, he was smiling, he was engaged. You know, he stayed after, signed every autograph that anyone asked him to, took pictures with everybody. You know, the consummate professional. That's yeah. you know the exact. You know, that's a great team. way to articulate it, Ryan. Like that's part. Of, that's exactly. He seemed like a kid in a candy shop like genuinely yeah. enjoyed what he was doing right so that's oh cool. yeah yeah and he was on the like you know he's on the tees out for dinner and he's just he's smiling and full of life the whole time yeah i mean obviously there's a lot less stress for him i'm sure in something like this than you know playing the fedex cup for 15 million dollars in a six-hole playoff with patrick cantley you know obviously two different things or seven whatever many holes they played out yeah you know? um but they're two different i'm sure stresses where this you know, like even if he won, it was 50K, which probably I'm going to guess he would have donated back in anyways. Um, but he he wasn't there for that. That wasn't his purpose. You know, he was like, if he won, well, that would have maybe sent the whole long drive world in a whole nother spin. But he did really well. The conditions he admitted, they, they favored him for a couple of days. And then, you know, as the event went on, he managed to figure a little more out, a little more out. His team with Cobra, they figured a little more out every day. Because you got to remember, like, the equipment he was using isn't what he uses on an everyday basis. Right. So let me ask you, why did it favor him more than it would you or, like, any of the other pros? Like, why would it favor a guy like Bryson more? Well, that's – when I say consummate professional, like, I go to work every day. You know, I hit balls twice a week. I'm considered a professional because I play for money. When I look at what Bryson, and, and this was very eye-opening for me this week, was what uh, I would consider now to be a true professional in long drive. You know, unlimited resources, as many balls as you ever want, as yeah. many drivers yeah. as you can pick from, you know, the ability to have the practice that he's had for since he was, what, 10 years old, 8 years old, who knows, whatever. Yep. Um yeah. But with his ability then and his golf ability, obviously top, what, seven, six, seven ranked in the world now, um, he can flight a golf ball. So two of the two of the four days the wind was coming in, and those were like the, the breakdown days. So your top 64 to your top 32, your 32 to your top 16. 
So the 64 to 32 and the 32 to 16 days, the wind were into us. Well, now we have probably in, as far as the field goes, the best ball striker in the field would be Bryson. I mean, you can't really argue that. Um, who can also flight a golf ball, however he so chooses, right to left, left to right, up, down, and you give him six whacks at it. (laughs) So, you know, Bryson flighting a ball into the wind is probably going to have more chances of hitting the grid than me trying to flight the ball into the wind. Yeah, and like, how wide is the grid, Ryan? Uh, 60 yards, that was. So So, long drive, they vary from 40 to 60, depending on venue. Yeah, I think before you had mentioned, I think the Canadian Championships was 40, but like, I'm thinking of like, there is no debate at this time. Bryson is the best golfer um, there, like with any, oh, yeah. any anyone, you can put together a combination of any team. He, yeah. will, he will he will beat them. So like, yeah. I'm even thinking back to last year, first time ever. And this is why I don't want to take away from anything that, you know, Bryson did. And, and even just like the light that it, it shone on the sport, because for, for me as a fan, it was, it was amazing to see, but Last year on the PGA Tour, this was the first time ever somebody led the uh, led the tour in driving distance and uh, strokes gained putting, right? Or strokes gained yep. off the tee and strokes gained putting. So, yeah. And then he brought it to the long drive and finished in eighth. I think he finished in top eight. Sixth, yeah. I think he was sixth. sixth. So, yeah. so you know, some things factored in there. My guy Ryan here got injured right before that. So Brian <laughs> bumped or, or Bryson bumped up a couple spots, but uh, but you know, it's it does kind of fascinate me to see like when i was listening to the live stream they were saying oh bryson six for six and you know that's something that was seemed to be a bit shocking so you said the two guys that were well they had different commentators on at times but they were all they were all long drive hitters right yeah yeah so So all the guys commentating were part of the event or in the event for the most part they all seemed to be fascinated with the fact that he was going six for six and yeah like it's something obviously you see but it's not as common plus to be able to put out that kind of distance. So is that something that we think we might see more in the long drive uh, game now, or are we going to see more like tailored golf or polished golfers? You think? I think so. I think we're starting, I've started to see it, you know, over the past three to four years that I've come back. Um, I mean, I've been trying to get my swing more tailored as a golf swing to get into the right positions, you know, to come through impact. But these, you know, you're seeing guys that because they're in the right position throughout the entire swing, you know, it's easier for them to generate more power being in those positions. So it's just, you know, it's mentally getting them to swing harder. That's, you know, getting them to let go and getting them to feel more free in their swing, you know, kind of as Bryson did through the week, right? Like they said, you know, he was one or 210 to 214 at the beginning of the week. And then by the end of the week, he was 218, 219. He was probably the only guy that got faster through the week where most of us were getting tired and sore and, yeah. you know, I, I was getting beat up or I'd been beat up and whatever. Except, uh, uh, except Berkshire, right? Like you were saying, it was like, he just like, well, that's just, he's, if you could yeah. literally go to a lab and be like, I'm going to build a long driver. You're not going to be far off from having Kyle Berkshire at the end, regardless. Yeah. So we're talking about the, uh, there's no debate, like the, the longest hitter in the world. And we were just kind of yep. talking about, flighting the ball so for anybody who doesn't yeah. know um i don't know that anybody flights a ball like kyle berkshire does especially with like his irons and stuff it is something that's just insane yeah. to watch and he's a plus handicapper too right so he's yeah. a good golfer um he's working on his game and like i love seeing like that raw part of kyle like when he posts his youtube videos of him like getting you know he gets a little frustrated and oh yeah and his short game is obviously 
trying to match his short game up with his long game is going to be difficult. And I know there's a stigma and all of that, but like, (laughs) you know, you gotta get like, he's an incredible wedge player an incredible putter. It's just when he's hitting the ball so far, he's, you know, that's kind of overshadowing what he does. So I'm getting off track here, but I really do like watching. (laughs) I really do like watching Kyle Berkshire play. So can you explain how those guys would have the advantage or yourself too, like being one of the better long drive hitters in the world and being able to, when you're into the wind or you're downwind, like I think the first day, day one was downwind or day two. And uh, so what is flighting the ball for anybody who might not understand it? And how do you work that into your swing and how do you work that into how you approach your, your, you know, your grid or your block or whatever it is? Yeah. So I mean, we work a lot on, I mean, this is you're getting technical on things, uh, our angle of attack. So how much we hit up on the ball um, versus, you know, your and now PGA players are starting to do it more with their driver. But basically you hit down on an iron, you hit up on your driver, right? right. That's simple. Um, so you want to be a positive angle with your driver. But then when we're into the wind, how positive do you want to be versus your launch condition? So. I mean, Berkshire is an easy example of this, right? He basically wants to hit the same ball all the time, which works obviously pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, He tees it pretty high, hits it on the up around eight to 10, I believe, Um, launches it anywhere from 13 to 16 degrees. Degrees, right? right? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, And his spin is literally always under 2000 unless he misses it. Right. So, the day it was downwind, Kyle Sorry, was that's the, that's crazy to think about yeah, those stats. And, so I mean, one fifty-five, two twenty-five, like club head speeds, one fifty-five. He almost touched one sixty this week. Um, yeah. He was, I think, logged at one fifty-nine in change. Where like I've had that number come up on track, man, but I'm like, that's a mystery. There's no way that's accurate. Where when he did it, I'm like, yeah, it's probably real. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, that's for him example tuesday we, he was in the middle of the biggest downwind that we had all week uh and he hit one out there 455 so that was you know kind of like all right well yeah. that's pretty big yeah the next morning he's in the first group who had the hardest wind that we dealt with all week and his biggest drive of the whole morning was 328 so we're talking 130 yards difference in someone who's the longest hitter in the world and then we're getting people watching the live feed at that point and you can go to the comments and be like well i can do that and it's like not into like a 20 mile an hour headwind you can't right, right. <laughs> you know so in in for, for you if you if you're hitting like as a pro yeah. and again so this was that comment that you had made a little bit about like you have a job this is uh you're a pro because you play for money and kyle has been able to and like martin Bryson, if you want to include him, you know, Tim Burke, a few of the other guys, they've been able to like make this a career, which is hopefully what that many eyes on the event this past weekend will hope do for a lot more players. Right. So if you are like, if you're to pick a grid, like obviously Mesquite, Texas is kind of the home along or Mesquite, Texas, (laughs) Mesquite, (laughs) Nevada Nevada is uh, kind of the home along drive. Now, if you could pick a perfect condition what would that be for you like if you're to kind of walk up your tee and, and you're in an event how do you want it to be if we're playing for money and we're not just out there trying to hit the best ball of our entire life 
because uh, obviously the best ball of our entire life. Yeah, let's huck it down, win 40 mile an hour, and right. see if it pops over 500. Um, but I like I'm, I'm a neutral condition guy. I am, you know, even playing field for everybody. Let's just bring what you brought and see what happens. That's like that's my you know, I'm, I, I don't need or want a favoring of either side. Um, do I do well into the wind? Yeah, I can. Do I do well downwind? Yeah, I could. Uh, but I just, I prefer neutral conditions. I prefer when, you know, the flags are just down. I, I that's, yeah. that's what I like is that way there's much less variables and a gust picking up because, you know, that's, that's, it happens, you know, like the wind, the well, wind can course, die yeah. for 15 seconds while your ball's in the air for 10 and, you know, all of a sudden you roll it a yard by your next buddy and you got a hundred more points than he did. And you're going to the sweet 16 or the final eight and he's not. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's long drive. We, before we sign up, we accept those things prior to the event actually starting. Well, I guess, you know, that is like, there's a direct correlation with golf in that sense that every day is going to look different. There's a reason why somebody goes out and shoots a 61 one day and you know, the next day they shoot a 69 or 70 or whatever it may be. And that's, but we don't see that in all sports. Like when you play basketball inside or indoors, like the conditions are the same, they don't change. Right. Or if you play, you know, in an indoor stadium, if you're playing like any other sport, it doesn't matter. Hockey, it's all kind of regulated to the same condition. So I do like that. I do like that. You would want to have an equal playing field because yeah, for the, it should give you an accurate number of who the best players are in the world at that point. There's no favors, nothing changing it on that side, but can we, can we talk about the the injury a little bit? So I know, I know we talked a little bit when you got back and um, where, where, where is it at now? What, what happened? Um, and kind of how was it coming home? Because I, I saw the photo of you on yeah. the flight. And uh, <laughs> can you give us an update? Do you mind? Yeah, no. So uh, if anyone wants to watch it, which I totally your call, fair warning right here, it ain't pretty. Uh, eight hours and 32 minutes into the finals <laughs> on the PLDA. Uh, YouTube broadcast is where it starts. Then at about 8.34, you see the end. Disclaimer, uh, but- if I can find it, I'm about to drop a, uh, <laughs> over on YouTube, I'm about to drop the clip of it here. So if you don't like, turn away. <laughs> so basically what ends up happening, uh, we get there Monday. Uh, I start, we just do a little warm up day, me and Gavin together, kind of everyone on the range and we're going about our stuff and something kind of twinges and I kind of ignore it and it's right in my right groin. Um, I'm just like, whatever, I'll just take it easy, throw some ice on it. It'll probably be gone by tomorrow. Uh, went up golfing in St. George's with Sarah, basically just caddied for her while she played around some nice mountain Valley course. Um, didn't get any better. Kind of like the card. It was actually getting a little more annoying, blah, blah, blah. Week goes on. I'm kind of dealing with it through every day. Um, you know, Wednesday to Thursday felt okay. You know, Thursday night when I was done, I kind of woke up at four in the morning with like just some not comfortable pain or some very uncomfortable pain in certain regions. Um, but I had the finals the next day and it is what it is. You know, it's like I said, right. You don't go into the Stanley cup final with, of, you know, healthy roster. There's going to be some injuries along the way and you kind of got to sure. deal with it. So it was, an, know, it was an adductor tear. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was, okay. it was basically, it looks to be a sports hernia okay. in the upper half. And then which ended up basically on the T box through the rounds on Friday in the final, the adductor getting so tight to the point where I couldn't drive off my right leg. And then 
basically on my, I think it was third ball with Bryson standing behind me. It popped, um, went down. Basically I needed to either finish first or second. There's a whole bunch of things that happened that last set that could have and would have changed a whole bunch of things. Basically, you know, I win the set. I'm in for sure to the final eight. Bryson needed to win. Josh Koch needed to win to have a chance. Uh, me finishing third put me on the bubble, but I only had three swings in and I was out anyways. There was no way I was getting back up there no matter what, even if I was in. Uh, but there was a lot of a lot of jumping around in that last set for guys to get in. I think it came down to Justin James's last ball in the very last group for him to guarantee him spot in a spot to the final eight. So he was 0 for 5, hit his last ball in. So that final 16... You know, that was that was a group of hitters where it's it's never been that close in speed. Um, I think all the hitters were basically 150 miles an hour, except maybe Bryson, but his ball striking more than made up for that. And he was still in the high 140s. I think he ended up putting 219 ball speed up that day, which was his highest ever recorded for him personally. Uh, but yeah, so hip pops or groin pops, adductor pops. I go down, uh, I get taken off the tee box basically sat down and I was flying home the next day. So I wasn't about to worry about the American healthcare because um, we had to fly out anyway. So I'm like, yeah. I'll just hit him. Basically what it looks like and what I've been told, which it's been getting a lot better. This, this, this is third week or second week, whatever we're at now. First couple of days weren't very good. Obviously it was very painful a lot up in the air with not knowing if the tendon was torn or not. I've torn a muscle before I've torn my pec. So I've kind of had these feelings in the past. Um, but yeah, it was some heavy narcotics for the first couple of days. And then I got rid of those as fast as I could and hopped on Tylenol because they didn't want me on Advil because the blood thinning and stuff like that. And yeah. So as of right now, I might be able to say, I could swing a club maybe in six to eight weeks moderately, uh, which is better than what I thought originally. I was more of like the 12 to 14 weeks originally. Yeah. Um, so good yeah. To hear. it's good to hear you'll be yeah. back because I've, I've torn a triceps before and I know we're, we we're talking right when you got back and, and uh, I've had a groin pull um, slight, like I was a goalie playing hockey. It wasn't right. terrible, but like, I still have like, a deep like half inch, maybe not half inch of being a bit dramatic, but maybe like, you know, <laughs> half a centimeter, like, yeah. um, I don't know, kind of like a stretch mark almost like in the groin from that. And, and it's, it just kind of turns your stomach a little bit. Doesn't, uh, doesn't yeah. feel good talking about it. So I'm glad to hear you're doing all right. Glad to hear that, uh, you're, you're feeling better and, and that yeah. you'll be back because, uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's part of, um, you know, you said that this was the funnest event you've ever played in. And oh. I'm really curious to see not just what happens with, you know, long drive next year, but what happens with you as well. So with, yeah. with wrapping up the event and, and uh, you know, your qualifying prep, the event, Bryson, all of this uh, unfortunate injury, is there anything that you would change in the event for next year? Or if you could make some, uh, some suggestions, sorry, it's uh, yeah. you know, 
for the players by the players um yeah this this uh this tour so or pLDA so um some of the things like I know we talked about ball color stuff like that like is there yeah. anything that you might change for next uh next year to make the experience better for yourself and then anything that you might make I don't know if you followed how the viewers or fans or yeah you know, anything I went, that you might read, for that? I went and read stuff yeah <laughs> uh well the nice part is the pLDA is sending us out a survey um to all the hitters kind of basically asking you know what could we do that's a great idea yeah you know they're 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 looking and they're not they're not scared they're not you know they're not afraid to make a change or something like that my guess is if possible the blue ball might go okay Um, yeah i did hear them i did hear them yeah they mentioned that on the live feed a bit so um, anybody who hasn't watched live, you go over to the PLDA and, and just check it out. Like even just go give them a click. It, it really helps them on YouTube. Like all of those things definitely help them. So go subscribe, give them a click, check out some of the videos, but we couldn't see it. Like when we're watching, like I'm watching yeah. the live feed and I got it up on the TV, you know, 65 inches, whatever it is. I still can't see the different color balls, but yeah. as a, as a player you can, right? So, yeah. So that's where we as players. So you know, as you guys can see it, we're four at a time hitting. And then behind us, we have our ball callers. So they're the ones that watch where our ball goes. Then out in the grid, we have two ball callers for our color on each side of the grid, um, who then walkie talkie or head mic or however they're doing it. I'm sure it's a little more than walkie talkie now. Um, but they're calling, okay, yeah, that there's, there's going to be a couple of people you know, listening to this podcast yeah. right now saying, what what's the, a walkie-talkie? Yeah, <laughs> what is a walkie-talkie, Ryan? <laughs> luckily, walkie, luckily, I know you, what eight. you're talking about. Yeah, so. It, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they call back the number and then they put it into the iPad. And the number gets posted on the, the screen beside the T-box. Okay. So, you know, for each color they we like to see where i like i would kind of want to know if where i hit that one whether you know i missed five yards left 10 yards left 30 yards left or 10 yards 15 20 yards right just so i can kind of make an adjustment to my set um so the blue ball we were all kind of having a little bit difficult time picking it up in the air i remember one set i went through my first four balls and i was like i literally have no idea where any of those went and i'm like they're like left i'm like okay but like how far left like, well, yeah, it's no different than if you're golfing you know, and you're playing subsequent par fours and you're going to, you know, say you're on hole number one. You're, yeah. You're going to make an adjustment on number two based on what you did on number one and then Absolutely. so on and so forth, right? So, yeah. yeah. So the blue ball, I think they're, they might try and find another color. Four of the other balls are fine. I think it was pink, orange, and yellow. So, okay. All right. you know, and for those asking, we use different color balls. So that way when they land out there, each position, they know who's hitting what and what color each individuals hitting to call it back smart um the other thing i think everyone's well that way sorry i don't mean to cut you off but that way i'm thinking like okay so when you're in a group playing with your buddies you initial your ball whatever you market like but with the different color you get immediate results on that right so like if two of them are landing in certain spots i can say okay you know martin borkmeyer hit it this far ryan gregnell hit it this far so i can see that that'll give you an immediate feedback when it goes back to the caller okay i like that oh and then the nice part is you can you know you can see the number come up or if it's not coming up quick enough you can talk to your caller and you know they'll try and give you as much feedback as they can give you so again you know if you hit that one 390, but you needed 400. Well, now you know you better step on the gas a little bit. Okay. You know, it's, it's those are hit it a little higher or make whatever adjustment you feel necessary at that time. Because um, I remember, I think it was the one set I ended up winning on Friday. And, you know, Justin James hit his first ball 401. And I think I hit my third ball 388. I went OB, 
I think I went OBOB and then I went 392 and I seen the 92 come up and I'm like, okay, I got to go. I got to hit it harder. Like, there's, you, it's kind of do or die for me at that point, as far as the points wise. Um, and so I ended up just a little bit more and that little bit more rolled out 10 yards. So I ended up winning the set by one yard over Justin James, which was like, okay, you know, you're still in the mix because you got 200 points instead of a hundred points. And now you're not, you know, I ended up still having a grind, but it yeah. just put you in a better position, but those small little things from your ball caller can make all the difference. So, you know, and they're just, they're volunteers, right? Like they're, I think Landon Gentry's fiance, wife, girlfriend, um, another guy's wife. And I, one of the Ryan Riesbeck, one of the hitters and organizers was on the fourth tee calling balls. So, you know, they're doing a great job. They understand the sport. They know how everything goes. So it's, it's very much, you know, a, a group effort, you know, on the tee with your ball caller. Um, the other thing is obviously shot tracers. We would love if they could figure out a way to have a track man on every tee and a shot tracer for every ball. Um, whether that's going to get a little mixy, I don't know what the word would be, but yeah. like, you know, if all four guys hit at once. And then like, you know, the two guys on the end, one slices, one hooks, they cross in the air and the shot tracers cross. And there could be some funny, funny patterns going off there for the viewer. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm sure they can figure something out if they, you know, keep the colors organized and whatever it, it could be something for people to get used to maybe <laughs> i think that would be a bit tricky to to have that in live like immediate feedback on the tracers yeah. right but i'm thinking of that the conica <clears throat> minolta swing vision cam that they use uh, oh yeah again don't know why they uh i don't know why i know what the what the sponsor is for that but i think that that would also be really cool for us to see because all the time like kyle will post like a, a video or you'll post a video in a side angle shot or essentially face on right so right I love seeing that. And one of the things like, you know, they, they do like the C pattern or the swing pattern of, uh, yeah. of, the, of the club. Right. And I think that that'd be really cool to see how your club travels compared to, you know, Tiger or Rory or whatever it is. Right. right? So nice and yeah, that, that yeah. you know, there could be in next year, there could be 10 times the amount of cameras there. That's, right. you know, we're hoping. And I think for the viewers, what they would like is like a grid camera as well. Yeah. Uh, so something out on the grid to kind of see where the balls are landing. Um, now we're talking like full production, right? Like this isn't going to be, yeah. this isn't going to be, you know, a couple cameras like it was for the PLDA this year. This is going to be a full production. They're going to have to have a lot more behind it, but that's hopefully what the sponsor dollars will come pay for and help out with. And, you know, maybe an organized full on television camera. Maybe we get picked up by a network next year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but there's certain things I would love to remain you know, I'd love for the rawness of the YouTube to remain, um, whether that would be something a company would be willing to give up, you know, for the first few days at least, and then they could pick up the finals or, you know, something along those lines where, yeah, you know, maybe we pick up the first week, we do it the same way for the first three or four days. And then once, you know, the finals come about, they pick it up from there moving forward. Um, but yeah, it's just because the rawness factor of how they did it this time to me was great with the announcers and, you know, the amount of fun we had, they didn't ice us. When we say iced us, we kind of talked about it before, you know, stopping us mid flow or stopping us to wait for a commercial break, turning the music down. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. I guess that's where you kind of like, 
where do you draw the line, right? So yeah, because there- obviously, like as a competitor, you want there to be more money in the sport too, because you're you right. have a lot of expenses to go down there. You know, you head down and Sarah going with you, the expenses for both of you to be down there, renting a vehicle, all of that is a lot of money to invest, right? Yeah. So, um, obviously, having a sponsor in there is going to be great, but it is going to change it back to that feel that you know might have had a bit of a negative fe- effect at times. But yeah, yeah, like you said, if you can run a, a live stream the whole time, if the you know whatever the sponsor may be that picks it up would be on board with that, I would love that because I I think I would tune into that. I I throw it on the TV to support too, but the live stream and kind of seeing all the different things go on was was cool. As a fan experience, was awesome. Yeah. Well, and the, the awesome part was you could hear, I think you could kind of hear the crowd a little bit yep. in the live stream. Yeah. Um, probably not like we could hear it, but you know, that was, that was part of the golf channel was unless you kind of got the crowd going yourself on the golf channel, it was pretty quiet. Right. Whereas like this time they were, and I posted about it on Facebook today, but like they were in it, they were completely involved. They were there. They, I assume they were all loving it by the reactions they were having, you know, like, like I said, last time we spoke, it was like the ball comes off the face, literally anywhere straight, they go nuts. A number gets posted. That's, you know, relatively decent or even the first number posted, they go nuts. You know, Bryson gets up to the tee. They're literally going nuts the whole time. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I meant about the fly ball, right? Like hitting a fly ball, like in you go to the oh, Roger yeah. center and somebody hits a fly ball and everyone's cheering and you're like, Oh yeah. Uh, this is nowhere near a hole in or nowhere near a home run. But like, anyway, it's, uh, it's cool though. Cause that's how you grow the sport. That's how you get more people. Involved, well, and that's, right? There's like, so many people like, and I can't just speak for myself, but I think every other long driver that participated and was there, you know, their followings have grown. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, you know, we've kind of, you know, from not being together, I, this is my personal because a lot of the American guys have hit together all year and they've been to events together all year, but being able to connect with guys that I was only talking to through Instagram yeah. and actually being like, you know, you, you're actually in person, like, Hey, how's it going, man? Like you've talked to each other for a year, but you've never actually connected. And now you're all there at this Mecca of an event where it's like, you know, for the rest of however long, you know, whatever happens to long drive, hopefully that's not it. You know, but you can say you were there, you know, yeah, and it, it kind of was... reminds me of like the old, uh, I don't know if you ever watched pumping iron with Arnold, but, uh, yeah. kind of just like all the guys sort of getting together and being able to kind of connect for the, uh, whatever the big event is or a competition. It just sort of yeah. reminds me of that. And I, so I've seen now, like it's been a couple of weeks. So I've been able to see a lot of the coverage and seeing like Martin Borgmeier and Tyga and stuff like that. Like those are very infectious personalities that will help yeah. the sport. And you said you talked to Martin quite a bit, right? So yeah. He's in Germany. I'm sure that you guys don't see each other that often just at these big events. So it's nice to kind of kick them back off, but there's always going to be some good with some bad. And what might be good for me is, as even your fan, what might be good for me might be bad for you when you're in the competition, but you got to take some good with the bad. And it seems like PLD did a great job. I, uh, I really love the event, but let's, um, let's quickly, let's move on. We, I appreciate you taking all the time to talk about the event because it was uh, fascinating for everybody, but, um, I want to learn a little bit more about you. If you um, always love asking somebody if they had the opportunity to play with any other three players, make your dream foursome, who would they be? Who would these three players be? Okay. Preface in their prime. Yep. It aids equipment spec, however they wanted. I don't even care. Whatever. Uh, Nicholas Hogan and tiger. That's my, 
you know, and it's funny because I saw, I think it was on Instagram today, spent a lot of time on Instagram today, um, but it was like their top purse winnings of I whatever. I saw that, man, I you saw know? that. And I'm looking yeah. down and I'm like, Tom Watson's highest earnings ever was like the 2009 British Open when he finished like 32nd. <laughs> and I'm like, how many events? Like Tom Watson's won a ton of golf events. Yeah. Ogans, I think, was twelve thousand five hundred. I saw the one that really actually stuck out to me was Jack, right? Because like we all like I say Jack, like I know Jack, like right, no. you know Jack. <laughs> everybody knows when I say Jack what I'm talking about. But uh, I think it was one hundred and seventy-seven k or something like that. And I yeah. thought to myself, I was like, he didn't play that long ago, and you know, if you're to pick the three guys that you just talked about, they're going to be in everybody's top five. Uh, you know, Arnold's going to get uh, Arnold, yeah. Uh, um, He's going to get mixed in there. Um, Arnold Palmer is going to get mixed in there. You know, you might mix in like a couple more recent guys, maybe Phil. There's there's a few guys, right? Like yeah. you can kind of like interchange in those top five. But if it, it's kind of crazy to see that, like the the money has changed so much. Patrick Cantley oh. just won $15 million in one event. Like it's, oh. it's insane. It's insane. But okay, so you're going to take those three guys, Ryan. Yeah. Stack them up. You know, all the same equipment all in their prime. Who is the best of those three in your, in your opinion? That's that's another level. Yeah. It's tough to bet against 2000 tiger. Like it's just, I don't care. Equipment wise. I, I, you probably could have gave him wooden clubs and he would have won that us open. Like (laughs) it was, it was another level. Um, But yeah, I, just because I think Hogan would have had trouble figuring out the loss of his irons. He would have had to game this stuff for a while. Yeah. Uh, Jack's ball would have flew too straight because he wouldn't have been able to hit it. He wouldn't have been able to hit the fade with the technology now, like he did then. So he would have been in the left rough all the time. I, I got to give it to tiger. I, I got it. That's a, that's an impossible question. It really is. It's like, <laughs> you know, the, the well, Jordan gotta, LeBron Hogan no longer has a hook. Cause the ball's too straight. Yeah. Right. Jack no longer has a fade cause the ball's too straight. And tiger is the only one that's been able to go through every era with every type of ball they've used. Yeah. You know, Jack. Okay. Jack has played every ball, but not in his prime. Right. At the swing speeds he was likely at when he was in his prime. So that's just, you know, I got to give it to Tagger based on playing the technology during his prime or something very close to the technology during his prime. No matter what you say, somebody's not going to like it. A lot of people are going to like it. It's uh, whenever you put up like the Tiger Jack debate. They're also going to say, I can't putt and you're not half wrong. (laughs) Or can you putt? Yeah. If I go to a golf course and I get asked, if I go to a course I've never played before and the discussion comes up and they're not in my group that I've, but can you putt? I'm like, no, but neither can anyone else. So yeah. it's super irrelevant question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. So, you know, here uh, we do something called the swing oil segment hydrated by triple bogey brewing. I know you're a fan of beer as well as I am. And uh, <laughs> they always take care of the podcast. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. Um, switch them up here on you a little bit, but you'll, uh, you'll have no problem with them. Just lob an answer back and then, uh, we'll let you go. We can, uh, we can watch some hockey longest drive you have ever recorded competition and non-competition. Ooh, course. I think course I've hit one four eighty. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Small. Drive. I, I got to go by measurement of the hole, how close I was to the hole after it worked out to be 
you know, I, it was a 520 yard hole. I had 40 yards. We get it, man. We get it. It's cool. Okay. You know. Okay. It was long. It was long. In competition. Yeah, good- in, in competition, what's your furthest? Uh, 416. Okay. And 402 was your longest this, this uh, yeah. okay. At this world's okay. Um, if you're next year, you get the option to have a walk-up song when you walk up to the, uh, the block, what would that song oh, be? Oh, it's like the Zurich. We can, oh. we can, we can come back to it. Leave it. We'll oh. come back to it. Oh, that's so good though. I'm going to give you a couple layups and then we're going to come back to that one. Fa- okay. Fastest club speed ever recorded uh 157 on a gc quad 153.1 on trackman okay so, so they read differently so i got a, the gold standard to us is trackman so we'll say 153.1 okay but yeah you were saying that they do read a couple miles per hour off okay yeah fastest ball speed ever recorded uh 226 on quad where that reads the same as a trackman <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I know you've got some powerlifting background. Best pre-competition meal could be powerlifting. Could be you know before you get up to the long drag grade, whatever it is. Uh, I got to go night before or okay. Powerlifting night before sushi. Um, usually because I've depleted carb depleted for weigh-ins when I powerlifted. So sushi over a couple hours. <laughs> I paid the extra to stick around. <laughs> And just slowly lob it in there. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, long drive, usually we hit in the afternoon. So I just have a hearty breakfast. And I can't, yeah, I can't see, I can't see you shoveling back like 60, 70, 80, 100 no. pieces of sushi before a long drive count. No, I'm, and whenever I'm in the States, it's a, it's something to do with biscuits and biscuits and gravy. I don't right. know why, but it's something because we don't get it here that when I'm down there, it's, you know, High carb load, high fat content, lots of calories. I don't really like to eat, eat while I'm hitting. Yeah. Um, so I just, I eat that, you know, if I'm hitting at two, I'll eat that at like nine. Perfect. And that's kind of my. Okay. We're back to it. Walk up song. <laughs> oh man. It's gotta be something hip hop. That's just, that's who I am. Um, maybe, maybe a DMX song. DMX. Love oh, it. Okay. If I could make a suggestion, it would be my uh, my guy Roy Blackroy. I don't know if you've ever heard him, but he does a great intro here, and yes. uh, he just it would did be something. Yeah. Something yeah. Like does. All golf related. I'm down. Perfect. All golf related <laughs> rap music. It's I know he just put out Stick Talk uh, with Roger Steele. Great song. Go check it out. Roy Blackroy's been letting us use uh, his music for the intro, pretty much nice. since we started the pod, which is amazing. Favorite golf beer. Triple bogey. Of course, of course. That is the <laughs> swing oil segment hydrated by Triple Bogey Brewing. Thanks so much, Ryan. Really appreciate coming back on the pod. We uh, always end up talking a lot longer than we first planned, <laughs> but I really appreciate you taking time. Um, no problem, man. Anybody who stayed along with us this, uh, you know, 57 minutes, whatever we're at now, <laughs> this is a top 10 hitter in the world right here. So if you ever um, are looking to get involved in the sport, Ryan, um, how can we get a hold of you? I know you're accessible to people, fans, um, anybody who might want to kind of get into the amateur side. How do we get a hold of you? And uh, what would you suggest um, anybody looking to do so? Yeah. So, I mean, my personal is Ryan Grignall Fitness on Instagram. That's going to probably be my easiest. You look me up on Facebook, Ryan Grignall as well. Um, 
you know, wanting to get involved, go to a couple of websites, Pro Long Drivers America. That's your Pro Long Drive Association. Sorry, I'm just stuck with the America thing from the old days when it was Long Drivers of America. Um, so PLDA. And then there's a few other options within Canada. Uh, we have Amateur Long Drive, which Fareen Samji runs um, or is one of the organizers of to, for people looking to get started in the sport. Um, they do a lot of good content on their page as well. I think they're going to run a couple events over the winter indoor. They're going to do some info sessions and stuff like that, which I'll, I'll likely be a part of as well. Um, but yeah, if you're looking to get involved, I mean, just shoot me a message. I can send you in the right direction. Won't be any problem at all. Awesome. Awesome. I know. Always uh, looking to grow the sport because there's, as I, I look through the program and I got listed as a veteran and I'm like, man, I guess I am getting old. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, uh, you got to bring somebody under your wing. If I can, I, I'm pretty sure his name was Josh Fowler, young guy. Um, yeah. And I was playing at Dundas in the uh, uh, boys and girls, like it was a, a charity event, I guess. So he was on the 60 and uh, yeah, so we could use him to hit our ball. And I yeah. just come off, I'm not going to talk about it, but I just come off the best tee shot of my life, like easily. <laughs> and so we get up there and like, he's, you know, 16, whatever it is. The first one, he, he said, he'll take a couple or whatever. And he kind of like hooked, he hooked one like pretty bad. Right. So we're, you know, younger guys on the tee with him or whatever his dad was there. And then the next one, he, uh, piped probably, I would say 370 down the right side. It was, it was a nice, nice ball. <laughs> it was really good. So a lot of, a lot of good young players in, uh, in Canada. Um, yeah. and, uh, That's... you know, I'm, I'm happy to grow the sport. I want to get out to some events and, uh, you and I got to get out and golf too, Ryan, but thank yes. you. Thank you again. I want for... strokes though. I want strokes. <laughs> I'm not giving you any, <laughs> any strokes at all. My game is, uh, I have a son who is five weeks old right now and, uh, my game has been delayed or put on but uh, okay i'm hoping to next get a few year, next year we'll play all even though. yeah i like it i like it but uh <laughs> thank you for you know everybody who's tuning in over on on the screws podcast over on youtube if you can hit subscribe really appreciate it like the video try and get it into the uh weird algorithm whatever it is get out there so people can learn more about long drive and following us at ots golf ryan thanks again uh when you go to your next event we're gonna have you on again hopefully yeah um, absolutely i would love to have you back on and uh i know it's it's fascinating the sport is growing we're all looking forward to it so all the best to you and uh oh thanks for having me i hope you heal up well and we're looking forward to uh to to seeing you back out there man he's out in my ball and of course i tee up i lose the ball and i re-up i miss the fairway i probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach and i'm on a part five and i'm finna go reach it second was blind i see it feel like it might be an average